0: Yeah, sorry, your package was lost in transit. Please contact Amazon for the next steps. That was on December eleventh.
1: Huh.
0: Hmm. But the weird thing is, if I check the tracking ID, like mm-hmm. it's it keeps bouncing around. Like I'll just see like like December twentieth, like package is let the carrier facility in like South Bend, and then like on the thirtieth of December, it was in some state in or someplace in indiana you know it's like what's it doing there it's like somehow it keeps popping up i don't know where it's going it's going in circles or something
1: yeah that's bizarre
0: still bouncing around
1: fucking amazon it's like the uh first half of season two of or season three of mr robot
0: is Elliot's
1: Elliot's just fucking around at
0: the shipping dates for you i suppose yeah anyway should we uh should we podcast why don't we Hello, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to Head Canon It's our weekly podcast where we talk about, I don't know, popular culture, I guess. Mostly Star Wars. We're going to talk some more Star Wars this week. We are Star Wars trash. Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, do we get any feedback for love actually
1: yes we did we got an email talk amongst yourselves for a second
0: we'll do a little bit of follow-up at the beginning and then we're going to be talking about the movie bright if you mm-hmm. can call the movie which was on netflix uh we figured well I, I guess our initial idea was that this would be easier for people to watch than going to the movies and so don't watch this it, it would, you know, there's not as much worry about spoilers and whatnot. But no, don't watch this movie. But we'll don't, get to
1: that. Just, just don't. Um, yeah, Abby, thank you, Abby, so much for emailing us as an actual Brit to drop in and talk about Love Actually. Actually, a Brit. Yeah, actually, a Brit. Um, one of the best comments she made is that uh, uh, Hugh Grant could actually get nominated or get elected uh, prime minister for his charm. <laughs>
0: um, Oh, and she what, said that, what are they uh, doing over there? How do they still have a Tory in charge?
1: I mean, we can't we
0: can't talk here in America, but
1: No, we can't talk. <laughs> Laughing stock of the world. Um that the bizarre school plays are actually a, a normal thing, like the lobsters. She was the uh Abby says that she was the geisha girl with chopsticks in her hair for the Christmas play when she was ten. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How do they still even have Tories like it's weird to like read a book that takes place in like the 17th century and the Tories were in were there and they were wrong then and they're still around and still just holding back humanity that's depressing
1: well I mean I don't know like I I remember being I remember we podcasted the night of the Brexit vote and being stunned by that but we did yeah we did we did a PLL podcast that night no I don't remember that but well, take your yeah. word for it. Yeah, I don't. It was somewhere in season seven, hmm. and uh, it's like <laughs> should have really like registered the shock of that, like because you know months later, I don't think people were no, but un,
0: unaware of the worrying uh, signs that, that 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 vote showed.
1: But yeah. no, but I mean, there's I don't know. Things can go really wrong in the world, even today. Is is my point. Okay. Um, hence the Tories. Hence Trump. Well, on that note, Happy New Year. 2018. The
0: year it all ends. 2018. Darkness rises. (laughs) Where is the light to meet it? Well, this is a bad transition, but shall we talk about bright now? We
1: want to talk about Star Wars first or
0: bright? Let's see. just get bright out of the way. uh, Because let's be real, it's going to be us bitching and moaning for like a half hour. and, And then we can talk about something nice. Yeah, so full, full, you know, as always, full spoilers for Bright. When we get to Star Wars, full spoilers for that. I really don't know why you wouldn't have not seen the movie by now if you're ever planning to have
1: plenty of time. Like I said, I mentioned to you, I went to a couple Christmas parties, friends, family around that time, and it was weird running into a bevy of people who were just like, all right, guys, no spoilers. I haven't seen Last Jedi yet. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, that reminds me. What the fuck are you doing? That reminds me. I don't believe we've talked about
0: this on the pod. If we have, cut me off and just say you already said that, Benji. Um, me and Eroticus and JJ went to see The Last Jedi like the Sunday that it was out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to this like Chicago pizza place like right across the street from the theater, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you know, we want to talk about the Last Jedi, the movie we just saw. And there's like this dude with this whole goddamn family, like kind of like one table over and one table behind us, you know, and uh-huh. like, oh, are you guys talking about star Wars? I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. And it's like, fuck man, you're like right next to the theater. Like you're, you're eating dinner here. What do you expect? You know? And so we're just kind of like, all right, I'm not going to say anything. The
1: etiquette there. I mean, it's one thing if you're walking out of the, the theater and there's people against the wall waiting to get into the next show, I totally get that. You shouldn't be like, I can't believe they killed Han, but like, anywhere else fuck you mind your own business well, it's my like, balls.
0: I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try to, You know, we'll try to be cool with this guy we'll I don't know talk about football or something and but it's like it's obviously on all our minds and like this dude by the way and it's like family of five like they're done eating and then like they're just hanging out and like after 15 minutes it's kind of hard that Star Wars comes up in conversation again and then like he's just like what what oh and he's like covering his, his ears you know like trying to joke with us and it's like, dude, you like finished your meal 15 minutes ago. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you can't be like, don't talk about this. And then you're done with your meal and you're just farting around at this restaurant table for no reason at all. And then, like, nobody else talk about this movie that just got out right at the theater next door. It's, uh, no, I'm sorry. How close is he to your table? Are you guys eating family style? What
1: the fuck is this? No, he's,
0: but he, he's like across the aisle and one booth back. So he's, I don't know, close enough to here, I guess.
1: This guy needs to mind his own fucking business, what he needs to do. It was like you were done with your dinner 15 Worry about minutes your ago. Kid's you, you
0: could have left if you were really worried about spoilers. Anyway, I don't know what the etiquette there is. We tried not to talk about Star Wars, but we were very annoyed afterwards. Fuck that. That guy's and, a and now I'm bitching on the podcast about it.
1: <sighs>
0: you were wrong you I mean, should have. It's a it's the Sunday night of the the premiere weekend. What are do you doing eating dinner at this pizza place right next to a movie theater? I don't know. Maybe you just really like deep dish pizza.
1: <laughs> is it good pizza? I mean, it was. It's good. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, is it like so good that like the family was like, oh, we could go to the place right by the house or we go a little out of our way to spoiler pizza right by the movie theater where there's always spoilers being discussed. The dad's just like, no, everyone knows if I put up a whatever, they won't give me spoilers. <sighs> Fuck. This is the guy who asks people to smile for him, I'm, t- I'm sure, too. Hmm.
0: Anyway, obviously, we really want to talk about Bright.
1: Uh, so, Bright... So $90 million budget of which... Where did it go? Shitty poster boy Max Landis got $3.5 million. I mean, he... Oh, 2017 is the year in which Trump is president and Max Landis sold a spec script for $3.5 million for this. I don't get
0: i mean i, I kind of get like he's like you know nepotism but like he has like a weird fan base of uh, all the worst people on the internet creeps and, and I, I don't really understand it like every once in a while like I'll on reddit i'll just be like i don't understand why people are so in love with this guy and like the responses i get are people are just like he knows this shit and it's like what the fuck does that mean just he likes the same nerdy shit as you
1: is that what you're saying you're like excuse me sir I have a very prestigious blog or a uh, podcast, sir. Uh, yeah, I like how you mentioned that. He's the Ramsey Bolton of Hollywood nepotism, though. Ooh, is that giving him too much credit? I don't know. Perhaps. I mean, have you seen his look now? I mean, he looks like he, he looks he like got he's... rid of like the dyed hair, I think. Right? Oh, did he? He looks like I the vision so. board for like the uh, Jared Leto Joker. No, I, I think he's he like
0: cut his hair. I don't know. I haven't seen him super recently. Uh friend of mine, Eroticus, like saw him at like a wrestling convention once, and he said that he this is like the dude who like he has his like little entourage and he snaps his fingers and like when he's ready to leave and they all leave together because he's like the ringleader, he just sounds like the worst person in the world and recently accused of sexual assault, which wow, shocker.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you, you probably haven't seen him recently because he's laying low, but uh I'm dying to this know is, this more about the Mr. makeup of the entourage.
0: This is Mr. Ray's a Mary Sue. He was like the ringleader of that uh, charge. What, what a surprise you might have
1: problems with women. It's Creepily obsessive, Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm-hmm. Um, so half of this is going to be us bitching about Max Landis, as you should be doing at home. Mm-hmm. He has this like tendency, too, of like grafting onto popular or even not as popular but like talented funny young women on the internet like i see him constantly popping up like in their videos like he's a tumor that they have acquired briefly
0: he seems to enjoy like the the youtuber circuit i guess you know like yeah. he, he does all the like screen junkies and um all those various other kind of like nerd like like genre geek culture type podcasts like he pops or
1: not podcasts but youtube videos he seems I can hurt you in like one foul move. You can hurt me? Yeah. What's one of your favorite of the Honest Trailers?
0: Um, Name five. I the one that sticks out, I think, would probably be the Man of Steel one. Which he wrote, yeah. He wrote? Yeah.
1: Ugh. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm going to have to go delete that from my internet history
1: now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should go delete that. Like, he deleted his tweet saying that Bright was his Star Wars. Brought it back
0: in. It it was always if executed properly, which is his caveat. It's like his little what he believes to be his get out of jail free card. Every time one of his shitty scripts turns into a shitty movie, it's just like they didn't they didn't market it right, or like uh, they 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 screwed it up, you know, in the directing, or it's all he always has an excuse for why Mm. it's not his fault, Uh, which I think he's semi backed away from. Bright, like he didn't really do much publicity for it. I don't know if that's necessarily because the sexual assault allegations or just because um, he like disagreed with the director. I don't know what, I'm not sure what the deal is there, but it seems like he's like kind of semi backing away from bright too, which is another <laughs> bad movie. Uh, the director, I don't, I don't
1: know how, fan it, favorite David Ayer. How could spot.
0: any conception of this story be the new star Wars? Like what, like is it, maybe he means it could be his star Wars as in like the best he, in his limited talent is capable of. I don't know.
1: This isn't even his like Radioland murders. No. Um, but yeah. Also. Uh, noted hack. David Ayer also directed this. It's going to be a real, real outpouring of positivity from us.
0: So it's so time sorry. for David Ayer to sit down. I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of chances. Maybe he needs to take one off. Surely there's someone else more deserving out there. Who hasn't gotten that chance? They could have
1: that chance instead. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at like David Ayer's filmography, and it's a lot of crap that I'm glad I never saw. <laughs> yeah. So the
0: movie Bright, somehow starring Will Smith, who just man, it, it's kind of like it's kind of sad, you know? It's like you could tell he felt like he had to do this to because like, he's probably not getting the big movie roles anymore.
1: I saw one tweet that was pretty good. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was like here's Will Smith who spent decades of his career like refusing to use foul language and here he is in a movie saying I'm the motherfucker with the magic wand, bitch.
0: And, and also uh, fairy, lies, fairy lies don't matter today. Which, oh.
1: which Max Landis has tried to backpedal on set because I mean that's one of the most like Thud of incendiary oh, a groaner, bullshit, yeah. but like he's he's tried to backpedal and say that that was a ad lib by Will Smith. Oh sure. Um, um, I, this, this movie, it's like it's was it? It's Lord of the Rings meets Training Day. No, 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 no. no. That's uh, that's no.
0: It's it's somebody has read like the D and D monster manual that was derived from like the Lord of the Rings, you know, through like several mm-hmm. generations of genre fiction, and came up with like. What if there were orcs and elves and they were real and we made a stupid fucking cop movie and the orcs and elves were a metaphor for races? That's what this movie is like. The to, Like you can't compare it to Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is an actual story being told. This is just like, what if orcs were real? And they're we're basically saying that they're black people, but we're not at the same time. That's what this so movie
1: is. There's fantasy tropes meets training day, Um, which in general, you know what? I saw Alien Nation as a kid, and that was a thousand times better. Um, The like beat cops, street crime. It's it's basically racism is like my least favorite genre after like prison
0: movies and gangster movies. It's basically like a really bad repetitive cop movie, except one of the guys is in dumb makeup and like every once in a while. They'll like throw in some uh some proper nouns or some like some dumb like attempts at world building to like kind of spruce it up. But it's essentially just a really bad cop movie. There's it's, it's like it's it's the the they have a, uh you know, a suspect or a, you know, victim or whatever. They they must escort this person through hellish landscape of L.A., you know, or, or city or whatever, which has been done a million times. And all those times were done better in this movie.
1: Which you know, other than the the magical creatures, it's an honest depiction of L.A. But uh, I, I feel like at times the movie wanted to be a lethal weapon or Tango Cash, but like that would oh, be sure. alienation. So it's more beat cop bullshit. Um, like, and also the production company is called Trigger Warning. Mm.
0: Yeah, I wanted to call attention to uh, the Ringer had an article. He wrote this uh, Miles Surrey where he points out. Uh, some good notes about the prophecy at the beginning because this movie starts with a, like a fucking quoted prophecy, oh boy. and the, the prophecy quote that we get is only a bright can control the power of the wand, which is super generic, and it's uh, that's quoted from the Great Prophecy seven colon fifteen. Like, what what the fuck is this prophecy that there's like chapters and verses, and and why that's not even a prophecy? Only a bright can control the power of the wand. That's like a, a statement. Yeah. Like, it's more like fact. And it's so generic and dumb.
1: Yeah. <sighs> it's uh it's not the journal of the wills, that's for sure. Um yeah, there's like fucking fantasy race relations graffiti and street tagging as like a way of giving you exposition over the credits. Um like there's like this I like, wanna be Banksy aspect to it, like the I mean he had the LOL the graffiti of the elf girl taking a selfie while the cops like brutalize an orc in the background. Uh, there's a Dark Lord who's going to return. His name is Jurak Sai. I mean, I, I feel like
0: this all would have just been better as like a music video, <laughs> you know, like where you don't need to go into the depth. <laughs>
1: Sabotage!
0: You don't need to really get too deep. You can just kind of be weird and artsy. And it's like, oh, that that's kind of neat. You know, like we don't need a whole goddamn movie with like an attempt at a story.
1: Well, so if the first four and a half minutes of the movie weren't telling you this was a pile of shit about to fall on top of you, you get a scene of domestic bliss of Will Smith and his girlfriend watching the fucking Joe Rogan podcast. Like, it's the morning news. When, When Joe Rogan's your celebrity cameo, I mean, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Also, so what I mean, this is dumb. I'm not going to go scene by scene. I know we always say that. Like, Will Smith calling his neighbor a gangster. Is that guy? Or is he just having, like, a lawn party of friends? There was...
0: I don't know, because, you know, Max Landis, the writer, he claims that, like, stuff was ad-libbed or not. But there was, like, a weird vibe I got at the beginning of this movie where it was, like, Max Landis has put some words in Will Smith's mouth that, like, Will Smith is allowed to say to these dudes. Or he's mm-hmm. like, oh, why don't you go sea walk your way back to your own houses or whatever? Like, like Max Landis doesn't get to say that to a bunch of dudes in the hood, but he can. He can write those words, and Will Smith can. Like, it, it made me feel kind of uncomfortable.
1: It's kind of like a Tarantino thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, a little, bit, but like not even as I don't know, like stylized or I don't know, audacious. No, there's no it was, style. It was it was more just like, hey, I can put these words in your mouth and you can say them, and then it's okay. Like it it, it just kind of creeped me out.
1: So. The movie is, there's like 20-30% of like bad world building to a story I don't give a fuck about. And then there's a lot of just like, it's not consistent from scene to scene as it tries to build on itself. Like, characters are clearly just mouthpieces for dumb ideas that aren't landing. Like, Will Smith's daughter goes from liking the orc cop to hating him for potentially getting her dad oh, like, from like one scene to the next. One
0: scene to the next, yeah. It's it's such a jarring transition where like suddenly you cut to like emotional scene where like the score yeah. cranks up and you're like, wait, what? This t- doesn't match the last time we saw this girl at all.
1: Well, and so he then Will Smith, So the movie starts with like whatever a scene where Will Smith's like texting while his his orcob partner is getting him a burrito. And a dude comes out and shoots Will Smith. And like now the rest of the movie is after he's recovered, and he's come back to work well like so, how
0: how long ago was that? He seems fine through the whole movie. There's never any mention of like injury really at all. I guess he had his vest on or something, and so he's just perfectly fine. and well seemingly like he had
1: some time off because this is his first day back unless it was like that was Friday. This is Monday. There's no point from having this massive back tattoo, which I felt like they were trying to imply something at the beginning. But so, Will Smith is like for at least 5% of this movie or more of percentages is giving his partner shit for like not watching his back when it's like the dude's getting you lunch.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: it's like I
0: don't it, it seemed like you were on break or whatever. I don't know, yeah. you know, like you you sent the dude to get you a burrito. What do you want? Yeah. Um also just not,
1: not not for himself too. I just, just him a burrito.
0: I just feel bad for Joel Edgerton like you, you were young Owen Lars once, man. Like you you were somebody, and now you're fucking covered in makeup.
1: Did you ever think that you would say, "I feel bad for Joel Edgerton"? <laughs> not until this movie. I mean, I I wanted his, his character's awful. His character, this might be the best acting he's ever done that I've seen. Mm,
0: I wouldn't say that. Um, Owen Lars is definitely better in this. I, he's he has nothing to work with. His character is a complete dud. Like at times, he's supposed to be no the character. comic relief, but he's not really funny. Um, there's that awful scene at the end that goes on and on and on. That's supposed which, to be funny. The, at, when they're where they're like telling their story to the the IA guys or oh not the God. IA guys, but the uh, the feds or whatever the the magic feds. cops. Oh, Jesus,
1: <laughs> no, that's that's the character that I actually feel. Oh, hold on, what's his name?
0: Fuck me. Oh, the like uh, weird like uh, ginger looking dude or no, his like elf teacher. partner.
1: No, that guy's name's actually Happy the actor no Edgar Ramirez Edgar Ramirez is not an actor I really care about but like when you sign up to do a movie and then you show up to set and this is the look they have for you is there not a clause where you can back out of that well like you kept waiting for that guy to for there to be a point to that guy nope
0: and there just wasn't you're like oh is he is he gonna do something crazy is he gonna be a traitor is he gonna have some special power like when is this gonna pay off it doesn't it never pays
1: off he's
0: just some weird looking dude
1: I feel like it's while no he was writing the script, uh, he, Landis was watching. What was that cop show of Carl Urban and the Murder Cops, like Robot uh, Almost murder Human, cops.
0: a far better Almost, uh, TV show than this is a movie. Because right? you
1: have you have a scene where like Or Cop is like telling Will Smith that he, like he's not getting laid enough, his balls are too full, mm-hmm. and then like the whole time I'm like, watch the fucking road, Or Cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is L.A. So yeah, Elf town is like basically Elf all. Town. Uh-huh. Super rich white elves, like other people aren't allowed in there. They're police like
0: headquarters. They're trying to make some sort of social statement, but it's just not really landing at all.
1: It's L.A., so police headquarters, of course, super militarized. Um, everything with the other cops, like the locker room scene that that that's what I'm going to have to watch that scene on repeat when I go to hell. Do, um,
0: do uh, orcs have mad hops? No. Uh. Like everyone in this movie seems like all the dialogue is like weirdly hostile like everyone is kind of like yelling at, at other characters constantly and it's well, all in,
1: getting close enough to kiss
0: and it's all in this like kind of like totally phony like swinging dick machismo that like it's like max landis probably like watched some cop movies but has like no idea of how people really talk and so it just comes off as completely fake and it's just painful to listen to
1: yeah And it's again, just, like
0: a bunch of cliches
1: not that I have time to rest my case, but Ike Barinholtz. Ugh. Yeah, your boy. Ugh, I hate that guy. Um, Play, playing a corrupt cop. Wow, He's yeah, really, really stretching playing, his range there. Playing the same character, playing Suicide Squad. Yeah, mm-hmm. the asshole cop stuff really falls apart. Part when one of them tries to get tough with like the Dark Lord shit, which I know that they thought would like seamlessly integrate to the plot, but it just bounces right. They're off. all really mad at the orcs because the orcs
0: we're on the, the quote unquote dark Lord side, like two hundred, two thousand 2000 years ago. And they're still mad about it. Like, I don't know. Is that some sort of metaphor for religion or something? I don't know. Like it just, they didn't do nearly the, the work needed to make us like care about Mm -hmm. who this dark Lord is and, you know, battle of the seven races. And there's like various dumb, like prophecies. Like at one point, the orc like does something and like all the other orcs bow down to him or something. Like he's mm-hmm. like just performed a miracle. Like it's so dumb. Like why would he even want their respect to begin with when he says he like doesn't respect those kinds of orcs? I don't know. It's 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 bad.
1: Yeah. Um, so f- fifteen minutes in, I thought there's no way this doesn't end with Ike By- Ike holtz like sucking orc cop's dick. Then there's actually a joke where orc cop after leaving like the morning briefing has a kick me sign put on his back, oh my and all God. There, the other cops laugh at laugh so at it. So like, edgy. Yeah. Like. The, this isn't a high school movie. Would would have been better if it was a high school movie? I mean, like or orc click? Fantasy clicks? They're talking about
0: like fragging this guy, but also they're doing kick me signs. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, guys, it's either one or it's ten. It's not both. <laughs> and then it's just a lot of like Will Smith will get up in his face and he's like, Are you a cop first or an orc first? And orc cop's like, My badge means more to me than the air I breathe. <sighs> Meanwhile. Can we talk about the motherfucking Centaur cop who's watching the police brutality go down?
0: You know, I barely even saw Centaur cop. I think it was on my phone at that point, probably tweeting about how bad this movie was. It's
1: the best part of the movie was Centaur cop. <laughs> of course he's just watching some perp get beat down.
0: Well, so the actual plot here, there's there's like this like fake I don't know, racial tension whatever because they, this is this the Orc cop is like the first Orc cop on the force and like they all want Diversity will smith higher. yeah they all want will smith to just like frag this guy or or like you know write him up to get him fired or whatever and like IA shows up and gives him a tape recorder which never comes back into the conversation you know no no they want him to like get the orc cop to admit that like he let the guy who shot will smith go that that whole which is, why would is he pointless. admit
1: it to will smith of all people
0: yeah i know um but then like on a random call probably like 30 minutes into the movie like it's like oh we need a plot. so so as, other than what they'd already set up for what you think the movie might be about you know um so they they get like this call to some random place it's it's at night this most of this movie takes place at night it all looks like shit it's just like these gritty ugly sets that look like they're all in like the same warehouse music video-esque lighting like wannabe fincher lighting at times yeah oh i couldn't even call it wannabe fincher uh um and like they they find like a a, somebody's a bunch of people are dead in this like weird safe house looking place or first they take a bunch of shots like people are firing at them and they like they shoot the shooter they go inside and there's like some people dead and they're like these magic killed these people or whatever you know like there's um there's a bright here because it's like there's wands but only a bright can use a wand or something even though everyone wants the wand, even though they're not brights, and if they were like, oh, it's a million to one that a human can be a bright, and guess who guess which human a million to one odds can hold a, a wand? Guess guess which human's gonna turn out to be a bright? You'll never guess it. Oh, it's mm-hmm. the star of the movie. Yeah, wow.
1: Yeah, so- I'm all for the mashing up of genres that tell interesting stories, but this fantasy stuff is falling so flat. Because the problem with Police drama movies like this is there always one genre above all, which is like crazy toxic masculinity, and just the, the scene where you're at, where the corrupt cops. Eh, fuck it, I'm sorry. Continue. Continue.
0: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they they find a wand, I guess they they find this girl named like Tika or Tika or something, played by Lucy, Lucy Fry. Uh, last seen on the Headcanon podcast in the Vampire Academy movie.
1: The Vampire Princess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she is one of the most underwritten, undeveloped female characters you'll ever see in a movie. She uh, is Mr. A, Ray is a Mary Sue. Fuck you.
1: A very poor man's version of the Mila Jovovich character from fifth element.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A, like a homeless person's version of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she has the wand. She, I guess is a bright, she's an elf. Yeah. Um, and she has the wand. I we eventually learn and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting this right. Like, she was either sent to kill some other Bright by this weird like, no, elf so, cult, or the, or the other one was sent to kill her.
1: So there's a bunch of uh, factions. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of terrorist group called the Sword of Light, who supposedly their job is to prepare for the Dark Lord's return. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Inferni, which are like an elf witch coven that's trying to bring about. The Dark Lord's return, and if they get three wands, they can do that. So Tika is one of the elven princesses slash priestesses who's like a bright who can learn how to use it. She decides to rebel against the other Inferni. So head elf, which played unfortunately by Numi Rapace, sends an assassin to kill her. And that's the juke, the the chick who gets like splayed mm-hmm. all weird, like against the wall. Think about Like the the brain cells that cost me five percent of my life. Yeah,
0: think about the brain cells that are being used in your brain right now to know that instead of anything else. Yeah, Yeah. um, so so this girl is like she's like kind of weird and catatonic, and she doesn't talk until the movie needs her to. And so they have to like that to protect her because she had a wand with her, so they take possession of the wand by like I don't know, just like picking it up with like a bag instead of their hands. Like, I don't know, it seems like a pretty easy loophole there um mm-hmm. it, but then like all their corrupt cop buddies show up and they're like hey man we're just gonna like steal this wand and like sell it this is like this How is like worth millions this i i know like it <laughs> seems like wands are pretty fucking rare if you only need three of them to like bring about the dark lord's return but yeah. somehow somehow they're gonna fence this wand and so they're like hey man you, you just gotta go like fucking murder your orc
1: partner out there we'll just we'll put it all on him Ooh. this is this is okay so earlier and they get the briefing. He Will Smith goes to like his uh, sergeant, played by Margaret Cho, and he's like, "Get me off the car with Ork Cop, you know." And she's like, "No, fuck you. It's a diversity hire. We have to have him." Blah blah blah. Then like his other boss is the one who like leads the IA charge of like, "Here, take this tape recorder. Get him to confess, and we can finally get rid of him." And then now Margaret Cho shows up again with the other shitheads, including like Baron Holtz, to be like, "Yeah, go shoot this guy in the head." and then we can go sell this this wand or this is happening either way so either like just he dies or you die or it doesn't know what mean, the fuck
0: the movie's doing half the time i guess i'm glad that margaret chose getting work but uh man and
1: then I like i feel bad that she's getting work too
0: yeah and the, the ia cops what the fuck was up with those guys they're so weirdly hostile yeah like they're just like i'm into your fucking career if you don't cooperate and it's like oh yes this is how cops talk
1: sure it was like will smith presumably supposed to be like a goddamn hero cop up until this. Mm-hmm. Jay Hernandez so, shows
0: up yeah. as like the family man cop who like makes a sure to, to like mention three times in one sentence that he has like well, five kids with the sixth on the way.
1: He's like, the he's like a, like a County sheriff, which seemingly means like he's a good cop and all the rest of them yeah. are like scum sucking corrupt cop. Well, they, they,
0: they go out of their way to be like family man. And then like this dude randomly gets killed later and it's like never touched on again. No one's ever like, "Oh man, they killed so and so he had five kids, the sixth one on the way, like this is for him, or you know, like it's just like whatever we forgot about that plot thread.
1: I'm honestly shocked that Joel Edgerton wasn't in suicide squad,
0: not a Joel Edgerton fan, huh
1: no, um mm-hmm. so then then Edgar Ramirez shows up as a the most eccentric goofy looking elf I've ever seen in my life with a big red headed dude who's Name in real life is Happy. This guy's um, like this guy's like Discount Torment, basically. Y- yeah, like like middle aged Torment. Um, and so they're with like the FBI's like Federal Magic Task Force. And they're they, literally called like the Magic Task Force. Like it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's it's real sad. Um, so they. Catch up with a guy that like Will Smith and Orkop and Jay Hernandez arrested earlier, who's like just this drunken hobo waving a sword around in a in a intersection. And they get they they discuss the whole plot. These three other characters a half an hour into the movie, like long before any of the other main characters ever get wind of the plot. This is not great. Somehow the guy knows that Will Smith
0: is a bright but it's like never really touched on there. It's so fucking stupid. Does he
1: actually know that?
0: I don't know. He implies that he does. It was like he only got caught like the weird homeless guy only got caught because he wanted to like talk to Will Smith because of a prophecy. I don't know. Whatever. I I thought he was
1: talking to Orcop about how he's part of the prophecy. Who fucking knows?
0: I feel like you could go up to like literal Gandalf or literal Dumbledore and be like, we want to call it the magic task force. And they'd be like, nah, that's tacky.
1: You know? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you can give Dumbledore a lot of ego for calling something Dumbledore's army, but it works yeah. better than magic task force.
0: <clears throat> Excuse me. He didn't call it that.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I would think that the actual Aurors would be laughing at this group. Magic task force.
0: They're like the magic feds. It's so dumb. Uh, and so, anyway, what's
1: what the so? There's always like the three cars driving. It's really bizarre that the one car is always in the lead, and the other two cars are like like neck and neck constantly.
0: Well, they drive driving
1: nuts; like they're driving the same lane.
0: Let me get rid of the rest of the synopsis, which is basically so they have like their manic pixie elf chick or whatever who doesn't talk until she needs to, and it's like the whole there's like a there's like a gang of random i'm trying to remember because there's like orcs that are after him There are like random like hoodlums are after them and then like corrupt cops are after them and the like the evil elves are after them and the magic feds are all after them And they have to like i don't know get out of this situation somehow they have this wand that everyone wants and it's like oh it's just like a dozen scenes follow where there's like a shootout because someone or other is trying to kill them for the wand and then mm-hmm. eventually the movie ends because like Will Smith uses the wand, he discovers he can use it, and they, they beat New Mirror Face, and that's the end of the movie.
1: It, it's not even like a movie ending. It's like if you've been stabbed 20 times, and you finally are just mercifully allowed to succumb to your wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, God, there's so much wrong with this movie. I really groaned when they're first leaving the scene of the initial plot setup, and like Will Smith tells Ork Cop, like, put your big girl panties on. <laughs> Like what about that line? It's not clever. It's what not about funny. when
0: Will Smith like figures out that all his corrupt cop buddies are going to murder him too, and then like a weird pop song starts playing as he turns around and shoots them all, yeah, several times. Like he must unload like fifty shots from that gun, and it and it's all in like slow motion as a pop song plays. Like this is a really emotional scene or something. Yeah, and it's like what the fuck are you doing, David Ayer? Like what is the point of this? And we're just like watching these people get shot for like three minutes of slow mo. Oh,
1: do you? What, do we, you what remember, were we supposed to be feeling during that scene? Do you remember the Holocaust of music in Suicide Squad? Yeah. Um, the gang leader from the the first gang not scary at all. The Altamira gang. The Altamira gang who follows them for half an hour. Every time these dudes burst into a room, they just fire Uzis and shout Altamira. <laughs> oh, but. but- the, the one belongs in the barrio guy.
0: The the leader who like has like an oxygen tank and a wheelchair that he rolls up in. Yeah,
1: in a in a colostomy bag.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna use that wand to get rid of my colostomy bag, and it's like, oh, this. I just of all the places you could go with magic, this is just not good. It's gross, you know. Not nothing oh. against people colostomy bags, but like it's just like it just seems so tacky.
1: Yeah. Well, lots of not so hip bullshit dialogue that's not fresh like will smith saying to orc cop as they're running away from one scene drive it like you stole it
0: Ooh. That what that's so fuck? hip that my dad had a bumper sticker that says that like 20 years ago
1: did he really yeah
0: that's how hip it was
1: yeah i mean i don't know it's just it doesn't help that, that like there's a literally a, a the altamira gang and like the cops are in a fight over a magic wand and Ayres is trying to make it seem so goddamn serious. And then tonally there's all these bad action one-liners. And then an hour in the movie, Numi Rapace shows up and I was like, you were Elizabeth sounder. You were in Prometheus. I mean, at least she not commits the best to the sounder. Sorry. No, no, she's not. But at least she commits to the weirdness of her role, which is both good and bad. Um,
0: it's like not only is the concept stupid, but it's like poorly executed too. Like this isn't even the good version of this theoretical storyline, you know.
1: No, her her like little crew is like super of, all, of all the places
0: you could go with like orcs and elves are real, you went with a stupid cop movie in LA.
1: Yeah. Um at one point they break into like a like a goblin like hardcore punk show to like find cover and of course the, there's the like orc gang,
0: music which is just like thrash metal or something yeah, like yeah,
1: yeah like lord of the rings core um of course the one gang shows up and yells altamira start spraying the ceiling of bullets the elf girl somewhere blind like guardian double, is
0: like really insulted by all this
1: some at one point the elf girl does like a double somersault in that scene it was like really bad up. wire work yeah
0: <laughs> yeah veronica no by the way she's uh she was Paige, Paige tico from the last jedi and here she is slumming it. I mean, I, I guess I'm glad she's oh, getting is the work. Oh, the, uh, like, the knife? The knife? Yeah. It's okay. like, oof.
1: Go make uh, the page spin off instead. They, so, Orcop cop and, or good cop and Orcop cop, they switch into, like, normal clothes to try to blend in for a part of the movie. They're still walking around with shotguns. Oh, they they make sure to put the orc in a hoodie. Get it? Ugh. Yeah. It's just like
0: the, the. The depth that this movie is reaching for, it is so unworthy of attaining that it's just insulting that they're even trying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, it's. I don't know what else to say about this movie. It's bad. Uh, don't watch it. Even if it's free on Netflix, there are other things you could do through time. I don't know. There's a new Black Mirror season.
1: Just throw yourself into like. that. If you're going to watch this movie, just throw yourself into the void of Black Mirror forever. Afterwards, that's what I did. It helped. Um, there's
0: there's some weird Christmas movies if you don't want to let go of the holidays. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I Zombie and the One Hundred Lady both have Christmas I still movies. Need Get to in watch
0: that. the last episode of I from last season. Oh
1: yeah, saying. you do.
0: That should be coming back pretty soon, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's come back mid season.
1: There is a there is a scene in this movie where Will Smith and Orkov have like a heart to heart in a convenience store bathroom. While the elf girl was like finger painting on a wall. So you could not pay me $3.5 million to touch a convenience store bathroom wall.
0: If uh, if memory serves, we both went and saw Adventure. Well, no, not Adventureland. I'm thinking of a different Casey movie. What was that terrible movie she was in that Max Landis? American was? Ultra. American Ultra. Um, We both saw it in a the theater if, if memory serves, right? We did. And it was terrible. And that was like, I'm wait. I That, that was the movie where I was like, wait, who the fuck is Max Landis? Fuck that guy. Um, that movie's terrible.
1: Better than this,
0: I guess. I mean, you know, Mister Mister Mary Sue. Like, take a look at Jesse Eisenberg in that movie. I'm just saying. Um, but that movie also has like a shootout in a grocery store, mm-hmm. and so when this movie had a big shootout in a like a convenience store, it was like this seems like I've seen it before in a Max Landis movie. Like, I feel like this guy like goes to the fucking Vons in the and I don't know where the fuck he lives in L.A. And it's like, what if there's a shootout here? Like, it, it seems like he's really obsessed with that.
1: He's the guy at the Lucky's telling you how good the convenience store shootout in gross point blank was. I don't think he's even that guy. I think he's the guy who's <laughs> just
0: like, I have a great idea. Oh, he doesn't have deep voice. I don't know why I'm doing quality run voice. But like, he's just like, I have a great idea for an action scene in a convenience store
1: doesn't. I'm trying to think, how can I be hurtful enough? The only way I see this movie being made for ninety million dollars is if Max Landis was twelve and dying, and was also a Make a Wish kid.
0: And the other avenue is that his dad was a successful Hollywood, you know, director and whatnot. I don't, I don't understand it personally. Like, I don't understand what, why this guy has any juice at all, even with his dad being John Landis. I can only assume that he's one of those guys that like pitches well like mm. like he goes into the the exec's office and he kind of like he, he kind of baffles him with bullshit and they're like wow this guy's got weird hair he seems like a huge fucking nerd like he's one of those people like he gets this stuff he's so enthusiastic about it yeah let's do this movie but like he's terrible in in reality you know like he's not even good yeah I mean what can you you can go watch Mindhunter on Netflix the the good place is on there. friends hell even Rogue One is on Netflix I'd rather watch that than Bright like a million times
1: over yeah
0: I don't know do you have anything else to say about this movie
1: I just remembered the uh, the joke from Difficult People of uh, What do you think uh, is the greater sin that John Landis committed—the guy he killed on the uh, one movie—or oh. his son Max?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know anything about John Landis, so I don't know whose fault it is there. But uh, Hollywood needs to tell Max Landis and David Ayer to both take a seat for a little while. I think, uh, and Max Landis especially, if those allegations are true, a long, long time.
1: Did you tell me that he wanted to like remake
0: American Werewolf 2? I'd read something about that. I don't know what the details are, but uh, no, thank you.
1: Yeah. That's right. from
0: us that that was right. It's a bad movie. And uh, don't watch it. Please don't. Please. I know it's free, but it's it's not worth it. Trust me. Well, it's There's not no free. such thing as free lunch. You're still paying for it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. so for the rest of the podcast I think we're going to talk about Star Wars so if you haven't seen The Last Jedi one more warning spoilers
1: I don't know why you haven't seen it yet but you should go see it I'm just trying to think about that analogy the free lunch like free like two girls one cup happening to you yeah. <laughs> yeah so Star Wars so we got a little bit of
0: feedback that I wanted to address uh, Kendra tweeted at us she said okay what was the deal with Luke saying Ray?" didn't even fight the dark side when she came out of the swimming hole. Does that mean She'd she's offered, evil? Can she go back and forth with seemingly no effort? So
1: what do you think about that? Well, so he's talking about, you know, the dark side offered you something and you didn't even try to resist it. And that's a that's the interesting thing I think is a lot of people were somewhat conditioned from trailers that we only pick up part of the lines of the dialogue too in this movie. Um i i think luke has a very old mindset of there's the dark side and there's the light side and i think it's not that ray's gonna go back and forth i just don't think she fits into his paradigm that's that's how i took it Mm, okay you know she she got the answer to her question um yeah i mean that's my personal take what about you
0: it's hard for me to give a a short answer to this because I have all kinds of like thoughts and feelings about Ray. I think, I don't know. I'm not sure where to begin this, but I think that Ray, and maybe this is just because I've been reading a lot of Harry Potter recently, but I really think she's just not her. The only danger that the dark side presents to her is through despair. I think she doesn't Mm -hmm. have the Skywalker anger. Like she's not susceptible in that way to the dark side. I don't think she is. She's very much a. Uh, she wants the power, or she doesn't even want the power. She has the power and is not interested in using it for her own personal gain in any way. And mm-hmm. so, when the dark side calls to her in the cave, she's just kind of like, "Yeah, sure." Like nothing else is working. I'll go see what this is. Kind of like inquisitive, but not. I don't think she's ever really being seduced by it. All I can offer her is despair. And that doesn't really interest her. I don't think there was, I mean, the only time you could think that maybe she was close to turning was with Kylo Ren when she felt, you know, when he's kind of like negging her and being like, I want you to join me. She would join him for the the personal connection. I feel like more than any desire for power, really. Like there, if she joined Kylo Ren, it would only be because he's the only other person in the galaxy that kind of like understands her experience the the same way that she understands his like I don't Mm -hmm. think I don't think she's like yes I want to be powerful and rule the galaxy I don't think she gives a shit about that at all like that's just not who she is as a person I mean this is speaking to the Harry Potter connection like I was reading the part recently where Dumbledore is kind of like he's talking to Harry about I can't remember if this is in book five or book six but he's talking about how like do you know how rare it was for like you to be able to see the philosopher's stone in the a mirror of era said like n- like so few wizards could do that. Like especially if somebody like Harry, who's been raised like neglected and abused and like you know almost abandoned his whole life. Like how is it possible that he's actually still a good person? I feel like Ray's kind of the same way in that regard. Like she should be a horrible person based on how her she was raised. You know she was sold for drinking money. She was you know used as a tool and a slave by Unkar Plutt her whole life she has like no one she can depend on and yet she wouldn't sell her droid for 60 portions like who else in Jakku wouldn't sell VBA for that but she wouldn't and I think that's just like she's like essentially a good-hearted person which is why the dark side just doesn't really have much of a pull on her all it can offer her is a promise that it can't fulfill. You know, all it can show her is that she was her own parent. And so that's why it, it doesn't really work very well. You know, the, the only thing that could turn her, I think, is companionship with Kyla
1: Ren. I yeah, but I mean I think also this poor girl lived in like a sandbox toilet her whole life, being like left behind, abandoned, and everyone keeps abandoning her. I mean, are you really gonna tell me that she shouldn't? Like, take the opportunity, if the cave can offer her anything about belonging and family, like she shouldn't at least dip her toe in the water. Um, I think she's very kind of... I think it's, I don't know, it's like, arrogant and naive to claim that the dark side would not at least be examined by somebody. Um I'm not saying you should go that way, but you should at least understand for yourself why that, that should be avoided. I found the scene where she goes somewhat into the the causality you know crystal there or whatever you want to call it fascinating because it's really like like you talked about before it's the progression you're you're you know like anakin you know certain things on the path led him to becoming darth vader and presumably earlier on in that path if it had been tweaked or changed or what have you like maybe his story would have been different but i think ultimately the dark side can only just offer you this version of yourself that you could become. Um, And that's what it's saying. I mean, I don't know if the dark side could really tell her who her parents were. It's it's fascinating that, you know, Kylo Ren could. And it's, but like he says, you know, it's something you probably already knew. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I, I just, I don't think she just fits into that same paradigm that everyone else is expecting. You know, it's funny that you have these thousands and hundreds of thousands of year old books. And it's like, there's nothing there that she doesn't already have. Well, let me let me
0: throw <laughs> this idea out at you because I've seen some speculation that perhaps Rey is a, a new sort of chosen one. You know, darkness rises and light to meet it. She has the Force has made her powerful in opposition to Kylo Ren. Uh, we we saw this movie last night. We'll talk that we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, we watched it again. I was thinking how like maybe the Force didn't choose her to be exceptional, but it chose her because she already was exceptional.
1: Yeah.
0: Like she was already, you know, in the same way that, that, uh, the broom boy, the slave kid is like some weird slave, but he like, he still cares about the animals and he's like, you know, fighting against his oppressor there. Maybe that is the force choosing people who are already worthy of the force rather than it just kind of like rolling a die. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe they
1: go good. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's very likely, I think, you know, whether it chose her cause she's exceptional or it made her exceptional is something for people to debate as it should be. Um, I think that, I don't know. It's, it's, I think you see this in life though. There are, <clears throat> excuse me, these talented, angry people who just push folks away and want to be an asshole because that's what they think power is. And then you have some people who are just good. Like there's no reason in the world they should be nice and they are. Um and you have the, the rays of the world who, you know, they still feel despair and they still feel lonely and alienated, but they don't like let it monstrify them. Like Kylo Ren.
0: Yeah, I mean watching that movie last night again, it really just struck me how much I enjoyed that she is just like she's like a force phenom. You know, like mm. Luke- Except
1: except for the uh the the nuns. yeah except for them yeah because fuck those fish nuns yeah but like did you see the thing of the third lesson
0: oh yeah i i read it that sounds like it was a good idea that they cut that but like luke luke struggled to lift some stones in r2 and raise just like a bunch of big ass rocks sure i can do this like i enjoy that like that is not the struggle for her i think it's it would be boring if she was just exactly the same as luke but the new the new Luke, you know, she's she's very different in a way that she's incredibly powerful and her conflict doesn't stem from her trying to to become more powerful. That's not what she's interested in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's, you know, fortunately, Daisy really is not going to have to make a lot of like constipated faces while she like holds her hand out in front of her. hmm um yeah the we should talk about the third lesson thing just in case anyone hasn't read it it's interesting because luke says he'll give her three lessons about why the jedi should end he only gives her two in the movie the third one involves a group that supposedly comes periodically to the island and steals from the fish nuns
0: that felt very amber spying glass to me yeah
1: yeah and so ray finds out about this from luke and she's upset and she wants to go down and like punish these people for doing this. And Luke points out to her, you could do that. Absolutely. But the next time they come back, they will hurt them even harder. And like, that's that, that was apparently
0: the scene where she was running kind of like on the beach with her lightsaber that you saw in one of the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but she shows up and it's actually just like a party and Luke was lying to her just like to mess with her or something like that was like how that scene ended. She like ran, to fight the pirates and it turned or whoever they were. And it turns out like that wasn't what was going on at all. And everything was fine. And I don't know. It sounded dumb. So I'm glad they cut it. I don't know. I suppose it'll be on a deleted scene maybe.
1: But, uh, uh, you know, and then like things like Kylo Ren shirtless is again to show that she can see all of his surroundings and him. I think it's he can't sh- see her. I think it's the show. Ben swole though. Yeah. I mean, there's that too. Uh, it, it definitely works. I don't in think she place. can
0: see his surroundings. I never got that impression.
1: Well, I guess he does ask that. Can you see my surroundings? I think he, Do.
0: he says he can't see hers. I assume that it was the other way, the
1: same. Hmm. No, it doesn't matter. But, uh, it's Star Wars is always kind of, there's the little details that I feel like the filmmakers are always worried that people won't get. So in Phantom Menace, Lucas said, if he had to go back, he would have like a rat run into the force fields during the one scene and blow up, so people would know that's a force field. So he'd stop getting asked about it. Which is funny because you know that like like, it's fucking salt. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because you that's like you
0: shouldn't need to do that. Like anyone should be able to figure out that like oh, there's like there's weird energy fields. He can't go through that, whatever. But like there's always some asshole out there who's going to be like, that's a plot hole because of blah blah blah. And it's like Jesus Christ, use your imagination.
1: I mean, even though, um, I think all like taps the uh, the lightsaber against the force field. No, no, people still would ask George Lucas about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just listening to a new podcast where they're very angry. Like, why didn't Snoke already know about the hyperspace tracking? It's like that's the hill you're going to die on. Like, there's so many different ways he could like headcanon that to like assume it made sense. Like, it's why do we need a line explaining that? You know?
1: No. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, here here you go. Here's my attempt if you had to. He does know about it, of course. He's still upset that they have to use it. Because the whole idea was that they're supposed to kill the rebels right above their own base there. Mm -hmm. They don't. So he likes to throw fucking hucks around like he's a, a string than a cat's paw. And then, of course... When he has the meeting where supposedly Hux briefs him about hyperspace tracking, he waits until Kylo Ren shows up to be like, ha, ha 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 have him on a string, that's brilliant. He also goes into the, hey Kylo, you're wondering why I keep that rabid cur around. Hux is not fully out of the picture there yet. The elevator doors have not shut yet.
0: Well, and two, two things about that scene. Number one, the smirk that Donald Gleeson as General Hux gives Kylo Ren as he passes him is just such grade A material. Like there's never been a more shitty grin captured in cinema history. I don't think. Uh, second of all, that scene is I think really important to Kylo Ren's character and development in this movie because he's realizing in that moment that like he's not different from Kylo Ren in that respect. That that oh if if Snoke will say this about Kylo Ren to me while Ky- while Hux is still in earshot then what is he saying about me? You know, he's like, oh, I'm just another tool to you too, which is, I think that's kind of what starts his eventual plan to take down Snoke. Mm. Um, But anyway, where are we? Oh, lesson number three. I I really hope they cut that because that can come back in episode nine. Like now now that's available to episode nine. Luke Force Ghost can show up and do a lesson three if he needs to.
1: Mm. A different lesson three, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Which,
1: I mean, what did we talk about in the podcast last time? It was like the odds of Mark Hamill returning as a Force ghost went from like 90 to like 99%. (laughs) Seriously, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: We also got a comment from Erica on our website page, which, by the way, is hitcanon.org. If you're interested, you can leave a comment on one of the podcast posts that we do. Uh, Her main thoughts were that she liked everything except the Porgs. Anti-Porg, man. Uh, she was all into the crystal foxes, not the porgs. She was she she said the porgs needed to sit down, um, and she thinks that Kyla was lying about Ray's lineage. Um, I don't think he was. I mean, I suppose it. If JJ Abrams wants to, he can do that, you know. But the the impression I got from this movie is that Kyla
1: wasn't lying.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't
1: think, I don't think he lies. I think he, Well he lies things. once.
0: I know he he lied about Ray killing Snoke, um, True, but even that, Snoke. even that he could say a certain point of view, blah, 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 whatever, you know? Um, but I, I think he tells the truth about that. And also like Ray is the, he's like, he's like, you already know the truth, say it. And she's like, they were nobodies. Like she, it's implied several times in this movie and in the force awakens that she already knows. What the situation with her parent is, parents are,
1: and she doesn't really want to acknowledge it. I'm not really a, a fan of The Walking Dead, but I'm just kind of curious. All of these people who are really upset about the handling of Snoke in this movie—are you all people who are like looking forward to like Negan and that whole thing? Are you all like big Walking Dead fans? I think Negan's been on the show for like three seasons now. So. Yeah, whatever. That show, that show needs to uh, die. Kill it if you have to. Mm-hmm. I like Erica's comment about Chewie being Ray's Uber driver, but uh, I mean, Chewie I would say Chewie gets, more, Chewie gets more in this movie than he got in Force Awakens. Yeah, I'd say probably. Yeah. I mean, he shows some real
0: piloting skills there going through the, oh, yeah. the caves and the caverns of Crate there. Uh, Makes you
1: really wonder if he was just kind of like doing the actual flying of Han and like Han's controls weren't even really on. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like when you give your little brother a uh, Nintendo controller. It's not plugged in. Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, as we forgot to talk about, we mentioned offline, Um, the high-waisted pants. Um, I'm sure it's not a thing. It's just his pants. But remember, like Kylo Ren took a pretty serious, like gut shot from Chewie at the end of force awakens too. presumably that's healed up nicely. (laughs) I kind of love the high-waisted pants just because they're so weird. Yeah. Like,
0: that's so perfectly star wars that like it's not just that he has a shirtless scene that he he has a shirtless scene with these completely bizarre high-waisted pants that like everyone's going to remember that detail when they see the movie it's you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it's it's very memorable because of that extra layer um which i i, I don't know if that was intentional or not by ryan johnson but i feel like it, in retrospect it's a perfect
1: decision to make because it's so much more iconic because of that it's, it's kind of ruined though when you have to see like assholes like John Mayer like trying to pose with the same photo in their bathroom mirror. Just yeah, let it be, it, man. It's a meme, man. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I feel like I just I missed like a Veep reference there, but oh well.
0: So let's see. A few other Star Wars things we wanted to talk about. Um we went to see the movie in something called D Box which is we saw it at this movie called the, the theater called the Palladio. I don't know if Palladio is the name of the strip mall or the name of the movie chain. I don't know what, but they did this thing called D box where like it would kind of like vibrate and like tilt your seats around, like, like kind of like star Tours from Disneyland while you're mm-hmm. watching the movie, um, which worked, I think you'd say, I think you'd say it worked well during like the space scenes, where like Mm -hmm. Poe's flying around, but like maybe less well when you were just like watching like a fight scene between people or just like dialogue. Um,
1: It was very strange. So the weirdest aspects of the D-Box experience, which sounds like a sports radio station for like douchebags. Mm -hmm. You're in the D-Box. Is the, when Leia slaps uh, Poe, the chair just jerks wildly.
0: Also, when uh, when Luke, you're like, "Oh shit, I feel it." When Luke was milking the weird alien tit of green milk, it like it rumbled a little. I was like, yeah. oh, I was really curious." Like, what are they going to do for the titty milk scene? I was like, "Oh, that's what they did. They they rumbled the chair a little." I mean, I it's probably not worth the money. You know, if they have one in your area, probably would not recommend it. Like, I kind of feel like I'd rather just go to Star Tours. You know, like it's like seats like that should be used for an immersive experience rather than a movie experience. I think Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was it was just sort of weird, I guess.
1: Well, so it was weird because so we we mistakenly went thinking that the whole theater would be the D box experience. It's a single row in the theater and it's like right in the middle. So here we are like jerking around <laughs> and bouncing on our seats and the people behind us must have thought we were just having seizures like crazy.
0: Yeah, it was it was odd. I mean, especially like you could tell they wanted to use it. So like there'd be a scene where like the camera kind of pans to Leia and then around to one of the huts where Luke's in or something and like it would kind of tilt your chair to follow the, the camera pan. And it's like, no, 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 you don't, that's that's not, you know, <laughs> that's not an effective use of this technology. You should probably just leave it alone for that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the same as tilting the seat when like the X Wing is like swooping this way or that way, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so I, I posed a question to you last night that you said you had an answer for.
1: Oh, I have an immediate answer. An immediate I haven't answer. Thought, thought too deeply about it past that, but
0: yeah, go for it. Okay. So I ask you, should Kylo
1: Ren be redeemed? I think the attempt should be made, but I, I think at the end of the day, this is still the dude who killed Han Solo. Hmm. Interesting. And I, I respect anyone's attempt to try to understand why and emphasize, empathize um, Han Solo's still dead. Hmm. Okay. I'm that guy. I guess I'm not that
0: guy. Um. Hmm, where where to begin these thoughts? Should Kylo Ren be redeemed? I I'm not I'm not like militant about this. Like I, I don't want to like like I feel like people who are like the movie or the story has to go this way or I'll hate it. You know, like like I'm I'm open to interpretations. But at least to me right now, it seems like a more interesting story if he's redeemed than if he isn't. I I feel like the way they left his character at the end of episode eight here. I don't think he's going to be very happy as Supreme leader. No. I, well,
1: I, think about this though. I, I, I agree that star Wars is the attempt at redeeming the unredeemable. I guess the big question would be who, who I, I feel like if you go for that plot episode nine, do you not need like a separate villain, a side villain at least? I mean, it can't just be Hux, right?
0: Well, you have Hux, you have potential Knights of Rin. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, they could go a lot of different directions. Like, watching the movie last night, I, I, on my first impressions watching the movie, I was like, oh, well, they'll probably do a time jump and, like, the the First Order will reign supreme over most of the galaxy. But when I was watching it this last night, I was like, how much of the army does the First Order have left at this point? Like, they just had, like, a ton of Star Destroyers and the Supremacy taken out like maybe that's not the status quo the next time we pick up like maybe it's a little more balkanized like I don't know like it like, really seems like J.J. Abrams could go in a lot of different directions it doesn't necessarily just need to be big strong first order weak resistance or weak rebellion in the next movie mm. um, especially with the the option of a time jump in there too I mean he could go five years ahead and, and be like You know, Ray and the Rebellion control this half of the galaxy, and the First Order controls this. Like it, you could make their their relative strengths very, you know, far
1: apart or very close together. I guess. Mm -hmm. I presume that that was not the entirety of their of their fleet. Probably
0: not, but I mean, it's it can go the way that the next storyteller wants it to go, which, which I like. Mm-hmm. I, some people really don't seem to like the idea that like it, that, that it's just getting passed on to the next storyteller here who can like go their own way. And it's not just like one grand vision, but I actually like that about it, that it was like, to me, that's, that's an interesting kind of storytelling to do where it's like one person kind of sets up a bunch of ideas and the next person is like, I'll do this with them. And the next person, you know, in this case, JJ who did the first one can come back and be like, you know, maybe he's gonna go back to some ideas he had originally, maybe the last shit I gave him totally different ideas and he wants to go somewhere else now, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean I yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that it's kind of special when you have a person who I mean, it's great if you're like, I've got an idea for a trilogy, like whatever Ryan Johnson's doing mm-hmm. elsewhere in the Star Wars universe. But I think it's it's kind of equally special where you're like, I have an idea for this one story. That I'm not thinking beyond that. This is the story I want to tell, you know, and that's what you tell or, or this, I read Force Awakens and this is where I think it goes next. And, and I mean, I was kind of intrigued. The most intriguing thing I saw was people saying it doesn't go where you expect. It's not what I thought it would be. You know, I, I had to kind of sit with it for a while and ponder it. I mean, I feel um, like
0: at a basic level, you're either into that or you're not. and And I am. You know, as as a writer myself, I find that really interesting. But some people are not.
1: Mm.
0: Um, But as to whether or not Kyler Ren should be redeemed, I guess I'm not saying there aren't tons of great storylines where he isn't. But to me, I just feel like the way they set it up so far, like it seems like his conflict in the next movie is kind of like getting everything he thought he wanted, but doesn't need sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Like a heavy lies the crown. Mm-hmm. Like if he is the supreme leader, like I, I don't see him being happy with that. No. Like I, I really think, like he, he had a chance for a personal connection, and instead he went for the throne. And I think he's going to be regretting that decision. At least that's the way I kind of read the movie.
1: Well, and and the beauty of of Ray and Ben Solo, like looking into each other's futures as well as their present. I kind of liked. The utter heartbreak when she's just like, don't do this, Ben, don't go this way, mm-hmm. you know, of the path laid out in front of him, you know, he doesn't have to go to that kind of nasty conclusion. But here it is. Well, I feel like they've really established him as like a
0: really deeply troubled person who has like massive self-esteem issues uh, mm-hmm. that are like really, really apparent. Like he he wants you know, he, he killed his father. He wants to kill Luke. You know, he's like, you know, I'll destroy you. I'll destroy her. I'll destroy everything. It's it's all because he like he has this like emotionally stunted weakness where he can't. He can't like embrace or accept that part of himself. And so he just wants to kill it, which is like
1: you're I don't think that you're ever going to succeed in doing that. You know, well, so I think I said, I think that's how I viewed it two weeks ago was you, it's like it's almost uh, kind of the Don Draper thing. If I just run away, and if I run away fast enough, it gets mm-hmm. easier. Um, I think he thinks if I just destroy everything, that's the power. Then, that then I'm I can't be hurt, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and I, I, don't know. Like the character of Kyler Ren, either on accident or on purpose, I feel like they kind of like synthesized a certain type of like toxic masculinity and rage that had kind of been bubbling under the surface of our culture for a long time. Like this was, mm-hmm. this movie was written in late 2013 Gamergate didn't happen till like late 2014, but somehow they like, they perfectly nailed that exact type of this resentful entitled piece of shit, you know? Um mm-hmm. And it's like, I, you can go two ways with that. You can either just have that person get their comeuppance, which isn't necessarily a bad plot line or, you can have that person come to the realization that they were wrong, which to me, I would find more intriguing if they can find a way to bring Kylo Ren to that point. Yeah. And I, I don't think it needs to be like, Oh, he turned good for Ray or anything like that. Like to me, that's not, that's not an interesting plot line and not how I see even like the last Jedi, like portraying his character. I think it's more like, He needs to realize that, like, what he, his dogma of killing the past and forgetting everything is is wrong and incorrect. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I, I think there could be a really interesting redemption arc that would be different from like a Darth Vader type of thing. Whether or not they go that way, I don't know. But I feel like the way they set up the conflicts now, it seems like the way that would be interesting to take his storyline to be like, what do you do when you get everything you thought you wanted, you know, but but you don't have the one thing you actually wanted. Heavy lies,
1: the cosplay and crown.
0: Mm-hmm. I and mean, for Ray, I mean, I don't know what... They could go a lot of different ways with Ray. It's like, what would her conflict be in the third movie? It could be very basic. She just wants to beat the bad guy. But I do wonder it could be more, I don't know, introspective. Is she... Is she still, you know, as like as the the new hope of the galaxy, is she still able to kind of maintain her identity? You know, does she still relate to people?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the thing you do is how how do you in her own way, how do you deal with not fitting in? You know, because everyone I mean like what I what I took from there's a lot I mean there's a lot of ways you could read the look she gives as she's watching Finn, you know, put that blanket on Rose. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's jealousy by any means, but I think it's it's definitely like, oh, you know, I missed something, he's found someone, you know, he's, there's a connection there. And whether there's like a longing or a missed opportunity for her, I don't know. It kind of reminded me, you know, before we knew about the in, the potential incest. It was like there were people probably going in the Empire rooting for Luke and Leia. You know what I mean? And and well, that, through the machinations of that plot, it was going to be her and Han.
0: To be it fair, to be fair, the Luke and Leia thing didn't even happen until Episode Six. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. That was a total retcon. yeah,
1: exactly. But like, but it is that
0: kind of to it be was gonna
1: be Han after the end of Empire, of course. To be
0: the entire hope of the galaxy, then like, and this warrior that's going to to save everyone what does that do to you as a person? Like, how do you still relate to everyone else? Mm -hmm. You know, is she going to be teaching students in the next movie? Is she just a, a weapon of the rebellion? Like it it doesn't seem like she, she doesn't like the first order, but she's not necessarily as kind of ideologically gung ho as say somebody like Rose would be like, she's, Mm -hmm. she's more of just like, she sees something, she has a moral compass. She knows right from wrong. But that's not the same as being the leader of rebellion. Like right. what? What is she in the next movie? You know, and how? How, how is she kind mm-hmm. of operating with Poe and Finn? You know, leaders of the the New Rebellion and and Leia heroes, yeah. of the New Rebellion,
1: yeah.
0: And and she's and, just like
1: their tool. Well, and I think I I would hope that J J Abrams would like. Gently explore the gray that Ryan Adams or Ryan Adams, Jesus Ryan Christ, Adams Ryan Johnson. Wow. Yeah, I'm it's late and I'm tired and <laughs> not feeling well. um That Ryan Johnson kind of laid out though that the people who sold weapons to you know the the Resistance and the First Order and probably the New Republic and everyone else are all partying here. Like it takes all kinds, and they you know they have all kinds of clients and stuff. I I think you have some interesting storylines. There. I mean, I was trying to think of examples of Kylo Ren's bad attitude or whatever and it's like he orders all these villagers to be assassinated you know there at the beginning of force awakens and i get that like in your mindset you're like okay these are my enemies they're siding against me their lives are forfeit Is like does he have like this like wave of grief that will come upon him um how does he now express he's in charge he's not carrying out anyone else's orders how do you express you know that your actions you're good or bad are you just killing people willy-nilly do you have justification for that um i definitely agree time jump would be the way to go explore the myriad ways that that the ending of that movie sets up um what if the new movie just starts with like uh like poe and ray in bed together it's like five years later i like the head of the the resistance and ray's just like kind of the figurehead that they wanted Luke to be if he come back it it could be but I can't help but think that no
0: matter how much uh, Poe is just a a sexy sexy beast there he's not going to be able to relate to her in certain ways and maybe that's a problem or maybe it isn't
1: who would I mean mean, we know who would but even Ben Solo can't relate to her in certain ways you know what I mean but no but all of these people could relate to her in some aspect but not all the aspects
0: but in in the ways of the force is what I'm talking yeah. about, which I, I feel like is a pretty big thing with Ray. Like there's, yeah. you know, there's person to person issues that you may or may not be on the, the same side of. But like the force is something, and, and those feelings of neglect and abandonment that they both share, um, and they they both kind of sought out. Like I think it's telling that like she she went to talk to Kylo after she went to the dark side cave. Like she understands on some level that they're both people who sought out the other side and didn't really get what they were looking for Mm -hmm. and kind of feel adrift, you know, and like not, not claimed by anything because of that, you know, even if she did ultimately choose the light side.
1: And also in those situations, he was more so than Luke willing to engage with her in a dialogue. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he seemed to be pretty on the level with her, though. It's a Kylo Ren level. But like he seemed to be pretty on a level with her. Whereas Luke is still like pursuing a certain agenda in his uh, Well, Luke, Luke, <laughs> time feared,
0: Luke fears the dark side, and Ray doesn't. Yeah. Like the dark side to Ray is not a dangerous or a seductive thing to her, really. It doesn't seem like. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just something that she she took a peek and saw what it was, and it didn't have anything for her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't there's a lot of different ways they could go with her character. She she could just be with Poe in the next movie. That's like a way you could go. But it just seems like the way they set her up, like what becomes of a person who's the the figurehead and the symbol of a, a massive movement like that. Like mm-hmm. she's not a politician. you know. Like, no, um, she's not even really a warrior. I mean, she has like the spirit of a warrior, but I don't know. Is she going to be happy? Just like killing and fighting for the next five years or something
1: i can't imagine i mean she's always been like a scavenger she's always been somebody who's trying to dig up you know things that are buried and make connections and i mean i don't know i mean that that's a, it's a, such an incredible challenge i think to find the fitting end to ray's story and if mm-hmm. done right when it's done we'll all be sitting here just like yeah that's the only way it could have gone you know
0: yeah i mean it is yeah. in some ways similar to luke uh empire to return of the jedi there just because i mean they they went a certain way with luke where he just becomes like like more of a monk basically you know mm-hmm. like luke and return of the jedi is kind of a bad hang you know he's mm-hmm. he's, he's he's a downer and he's just talking he's very sullen yeah, yeah. And like, oh, I
1: shouldn't have come on this mission. I'm putting it all in jeopardy.
0: They they could go that way with Ray, certainly, but I feel like JJ Abrams is the type who's going to look for something else he can do instead. You know, like I, I think he's going to rise to the challenge. So I'm I'm very interested to see what he does. But you know, and that's not even getting into like what what do you do with Finn at this point? What do you do with Poe? I mean Poe, I feel like you could probably put Poe on the back burner a little at this point and just mm-hmm. make him the new leader of the resistance. Mm-hmm. But like, where does Finn go? I mean, I, one potential arc would be like, okay, Finn, now that you joined the rebellion and you're committed, what about all your fellow stormtroopers who were ba- brainwashed? Do you care about mm-hmm. them? Do you not care about them? Like, what what is his next arc going to be?
1: Yeah. Well, and and I think it's it's not as challenging as I previously might have thought it would be to deal with the uh, the elephant in the room. I mean, you just say. With well, if everyone else gone from her generation, like Leia's gone off to her own, you know, private commune or whatever, and, and just say that Poe's occasionally getting messages from her. But like, I think they're probably gonna,
0: she's probably going to die in the time jump or off screen or something is what I suspect.
1: Well, I think I think we're like, oh, they should totally do a time jump, too. I don't I think that's that's much more than likely. I mean, all Star Wars movies have a little bit of a time jump in them. This Except is kind this of the oddity. One, yeah this is kind of the oddity where it's like potentially an hour to like one day later mm-hmm.
0: yeah and then i don't know just raise raise conflict in the next movie she's she's spent two movies not really thinking about herself that much you know i mean she all of the last jedi she was like i need to go get luke to save the rebellion and now okay fine i'll go convert kylo and he can save the rebellion And then at the end of the movie, seemingly, it's like, oh, wait, I'm the one who's going to save the Rebellion. Like, where do you go from there? Is she going to enjoy that? The plight of the Millennials. Yeah. She was the person she was waiting for. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Oh, one last thing I want to talk about before we go. Um, The Skywalker lightsaber. I thought it was neat on this latest rewatch. Sorry, what?
1: I was going to say, like... A lot of people really confused about this lightsaber. Like, oh my god, I can't believe they destroyed this lightsaber. Like, this lightsaber was gone in Empire. <laughs> I can't believe they like, destroyed it again, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the people like still talking about like the Boffins, you know, died to get those fucking plans. Getting the wrong uh, movie right on that, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So they're both reaching out for it. it. Does the Force not want either of them to have it?
1: It's a good question
0: because at a certain point they both like blow back to either side of the frame there. You know, it's like, I don't know what that is. Is that somehow them pushing the other away? Is that the force? But like, I don't know that you, you could just read that as like their powers are matched or whatever, you know, they're, they're equal forces vying for this. Or you could read it as something where like the force does not want either of them
1: to have it, I suppose. Hmm. And yet she she wakes up first and grabs the two broken pieces. Doesn't kill Kylo Ren. Yeah, well, I mean that's just not she, who she is. Have. I mean she could have. Yeah. It's the
0: second time now. She could have killed him if she wanted to. Yeah. Do you think she uh, gets a new lightsaber or, or gets like a green one or something like that in episode nine? I think
1: she she makes a new one.
0: Forges her own?
1: Yeah. The
0: ray saber. I guess Kylo can still have his. Yeah. I did like seeing him use that cross guard in this movie. <laughs> After how much bitching about that cross guard, he actually used it. That was great. I mean, he used it in The Force Awakens, too. But he yeah, he, he used played, it uses it as a, shoulder. He uses it as a cross guard in
1: this movie. I like that they also patched up his jacket, Finn's jacket.
0: They were just like, sure, the jacket's fine.
1: Yeah. Um, but I think we did it.
0: I think we did it. As you can tell, big fans of the Last Jedi. Yeah, seen it seven times in the theater now. I think nice. Um, probably not my last, because I got to be honest, that D box thing. It was neat that the seats vibrated and all, but the three D fucking sucked. They had the they, they they didn't turn the projector up bright enough. It was all dim and looked like shit. Um, yeah, super dark. So I, I feel like I need to go watch it again, just normally to cleanse the palate. Yeah. Um, so that is going to do it for this episode of Headcanon we might not record again for a little while I'm thinking because I have to be down in LA to find an apartment next week and then maybe down there again the week after that and then moving so I don't know we shall see we might have a short hiatus
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, until then let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future Mm -hmm. and may the force be with you Always. Bye-bye.